Welcome to the Lock In Podcast. This is episode 30 for Wednesday, 11th of November 2020. My name's Conan Wienichon. I work for Black Knight. We don't talk about our work here on the show, but if you're interested, you can check out our products and services over at blackknight.com. The lockin.ie is where you can find out all about this show. And it's about how we live now and how very different that is uh, in many ways and how people are finding creative and innovative uh, approaches to uh, the situation that we find ourselves in with the pandemic. My guest on the show today is an old friend of mine, Colm Flynn. Where are you, Colm, right now? What a pro con. What (laughs) an intro. Just as I remember from our Claire FM days, one take, Tony, you just (laughs) deliver all the time. Teach me. Tell us where you are, Colm. I'm in my terrace. This Mm. sounds very fancy, but I'm in my terrace. What you're looking at behind me here is an ancient wall. God knows how old. Mm. It's uh, the elevated road that links the Vatican with Castle St. Angelo uh, on the other side of me. I'm here in the eternal city. I'm in Rome in Mm. Italy. You're a long way right, from right, right uh, beside the Vatican. You're a long way from nationwide column. Some people, uh, some Irish viewers uh, may recognise you, and uh, some uh, from nationwide. Some people may uh, recognise your voice from radio here in Ireland, and that as well. I've lost track, column. I, I can't keep up with you anymore. Not only do I no longer know who you work for, I don't know where you live either. So <laughs> sometimes yeah, you're in reasons, Rome, but sometimes I, 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 you're, you're in New York. <laughs> Can you explain that to me? Well, I was working, as you know, in Ireland, and we had the pleasure of working together in Clare FM. Many great moments and stories from Clare FM working together. And then after that, I joined RTE, worked in the John Murray show. Then I joined the Today Show on TV and then Nationwide. And then I thought, you know what? I want an adventure. I want something a bit more challenging. I want to meet really interesting characters and interview people who have great personal human interest stories because that's what I love doing. So I packed my bags and I moved to New York City and I was freelance there, which is, you know, uh, from doing freelance work in the past, it is a great thing because you can interview whoever you want. You can go and pitch it to different networks. So that's what I did for five years. I worked mainly with the BBC in New York, but I kept doing Nationwide with RTE. We covered the pandemic. And then it's throughout the last number of years, I've always been doing stuff on the side with the Catholic network, EWTN, where this global Catholic TV network. And they said, come on over and work for us, uh, become our correspondent from Rome and do broadcasts every day from the Vatican and covering what's happening in the Vatican. Uh, and a place I know that's close to your heart, Con, the Vatican, you know, Pope's always asking for you how you're getting on and uh, when you're coming back into the Vatican. But uh, it's great. It's always never a dull day, always interesting stories, yeah. the good, the bad and the ugly. I mentioned this to to viewers and listeners on this show last week. I was actually supposed to talk to you two weeks ago, entirely my fault, completely forgot about it. Uh, And then I thought we might reschedule for last week. But no, you had to hop on a jet and go to New York. Um, So we're in lockdown level five here in Ireland at the moment, Colm. And and I appreciate if your job, if your work is essential, covering the news obviously is essential and stuff like that. But I feel quite locked down here at the moment. And uh, you're still jet setting around the globe. Con, when you look at what we do and the things we make, who would ever call this essential? Really, in all honesty. No, it's true. I, we had to go over and cover some stuff uh, in the States about the um, post the election. There was an election uh, on there, wasn't the there? Election. There was uh, something going on. I'm not sure yeah. what was happening, but something was going on. Yeah. And we were over there asking some questions. But we went in and we all had the masks on and we came back and we had to get the shots and yeah. we got the quick turnaround test to make sure. We were only in the States for 
three days right um, has to be done but yeah. it's when I left New York people were saying to me you're going to miss New York after being there for five years and I thought that I would yeah. but con when I left it, it was a completely different New York to the New York I arrived at five yeah. years before that it was just a shadow of its former when self. did you leave so I'm it will, I left two months ago right Right. I was meant to move to Rome in April of this year, and that's when the pandemic was really at its height, and Italy was the worst affected. So my plans of moving to Italy was scuppered, and then the network here, I'd signed the contract. In fairness to them, they said, well, you know what, we'll start the contract and start covering stories for us from New York since you're there. The pandemic is starting to hit New York really badly. And then for RTE, we did a, a couple of nationwide shows, and we did loads of coverage for the BBC. And... Everyone just left the city because 33% of everyone in New York, a third, they're immigrants. They come from all over the USA and they come to work in the financial district. They come as actors to follow their dreams. They come to make it on Broadway, whatever the case may be. And they put up with living in tiny apartments for sky high rents, packed in like sardines to follow their dream and to pursue their careers. So when that stopped, when people told them you can work from home in the financial industry, when Broadway closed, acting all stopped, the creative industry just was decimated, they had no reason to stick around. So they all went back to their homes in different parts of the US and in different parts of the world. And New York was just empty. And then you had the riots on top of that, the protests, the election looming when I left. It was just a strange, strange place. Strange sense uh, after having lived there, as you said, for so long and absorbed that energy, I suppose, that's in a place like New York. Now you're in Rome, which is um, the city and in the country, really, which uh, was suffered, I think, most uh, in the early days of the pandemic in, in Europe. How are things in Italy now? Things in Italy are okay, Con. The number of daily confirmed cases are right back up and way beyond the height back in April. So I think, uh, and I must remember, because we memorized all these figures for the TV broadcast, but back in April, the peak number was something like 8,000 confirmed cases a day. And that was huge. Now it's up past 25,000 cases a day. But the debt rate at the height back in April was 900 debts a day. Now the debt rate is around 50 a day, 100 a day. So it's nothing like it was. People believe that those who were very elderly, those who were sick, there's a lot of smokers here in Italy, that the first wave kind of got them and hit them, and many of them died. And now this time, while people are getting tested, I remember there's more testing than ever before, so more people are turning up positive, but less people are dying. So it's passing through the population here. But the big thing here is Italy went through a huge lockdown. I mean, people were not allowed to leave 200 meters from their house. Now, for exercise, you had to stay within 200 meters of your house. And there was huge penalties, a thousand euros of fine if you're caught without a mask outside. And now they keep suggesting there's going to be a second lockdown. And there's been huge protests here because the tourism sector is gone. Um, like when I moved here, I had to find an apartment and the place was flooded with empty apartments. There used to be Airbnbs for apartment for uh, tourists. Um, everywhere, the, the, the small hotels and restaurants, they're just on their knees. So they're you know, they're trying to work out here. People are asking how many deaths can equate to a complete lockdown and people's livelihoods mm-hmm. being decimated. I don't know the answer, but that's mm-hmm. a big debate they're having here all the time. 
it's interesting. Um, I think uh, Ireland was has been. We're not calling it, I suppose, as severe a lockdown. In some ways, it's different. In some ways, it's just as severe as it was uh, in the 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 first wave, let's say, here in Ireland. But um, in this second wave now in Europe, Ireland has been one of the first countries uh, to lock down. We're seeing a dramatic fall in. Um, in infection rates and um, since since that came in about two three weeks ago and now people are are wondering you know are we really going to stick it uh, for the full six weeks or what uh, what's actually yeah. going to happen here and other countries have looked at what Ireland is doing in that as well I think Ireland and Finland were among the the early ones to to lock down in Europe uh, this second time round um, what about Christmas what about Christmas it, the hope is I'm and what they're saying digital Christmas yeah what the hope is column is that they're going to uh, is that if we uh, can squash it uh, on the head sufficiently in this particular round of uh, of restrictions that hopefully we'll be able to have something approaching a normal Christmas. But uh, I'm, I'm astonished to, to hear that the numbers are still so high in Italy. And what, what level of restrictions? Obviously, there are some restrictions still in place. Um, are pubs and restaurants, for example, open? Yeah, the restrictions now, normally... After I finish work, I do or broadcast at 5.30 uh, local time here, Rome every day, back to Washington, D.C. So I would be, after this, we would go out, we go to a little cafe or restaurant, have a bite to eat. All cafes and restaurants now have to close at 6 p.m. And the curfew is 10 p.m. So you cannot be on the streets after 10 p.m. here in Rome. And that stays into effect until 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. the next morning. But they were suggesting that, again, the new lockdown would mean that all cafes and restaurants are closed around the clock. But at the moment, they're allowed to be open until 6pm. And at 6pm, everywhere shuts. Strange times indeed. Let me ask you about your visit to, to New York last week, uh, Colm, if you don't mind. Um, obviously, you, you had, before you left there, you were um, you had noted the changes and, and that. How did you find it on your return this time? And uh, obviously, you arrived in the middle uh, of, of a momentous election. It was starting to pick up again. It didn't seem as bleak as when I left but still, you can feel that charge, that energy in the air around the whole election. I mean, the U.S., it, just to bring it wider than New York, is such a divided country. You know that. Everyone knows that. But when I moved there five years ago, it didn't seem that bad. And I just watched it get more progressively worse over the five years. And it was so interesting as an Irish person because you can sit at dinner tables and people can start having debates and you can kind of stay neutral. People don't expect you to have a big, strong opinion one way or the other because you're not from the country. So you can kind of remain in both camps and friends with everyone. But what I, uh, it pains me to see is just people who have different opinions will not, cannot, are unwilling to meet and talk and look at the commonality that they have between them. Even what I find crazy is there are billboards now in the subway system, the veins, the arteries of New York City, from OkCupid. OkCupid is the biggest dating platform website in the US and an app. And not that I would know anything about that, but they have these ads up in the subways that say, girls, it's okay to only date someone who marches with you. And then the next one is girls. It's okay to only date someone who is pro-choice. The next one is girls. It's okay to only date someone. So what it's telling people as they're in the subway looking at this, you know what? Don't even meet someone for a coffee if they don't think, talk, walk, and act like you. Don't even sit down with them and see if you have got stuff in common. Just don't meet them in the first place. And I think it's disgraceful. I think it's awful. And you know, people now with the election of uh, Joe Biden, the projected election of Joe Biden, they're saying to me, my friends, oh, the Republicans are not going to accept him as a president. Mm. 
just but that's just as the Democrats didn't accept him as a president in mm-hmm. 2016. Mm. I, I, for a country that is so brilliant and has mm. so many great aspects to it, so many great minds and the great universities and the industries, how it can become so polarized is, I don't know, mm-hmm. well, I, it's a longer story why, but um, yeah. how they're going to heal from it, I just have no idea. What's next for you? Um, you've just arrived in Rome, I know, Colm. Uh, it's a difficult time to even imagine, um, I suppose, getting back to Ireland at any stage Uh it's hard to, uh, with all the restrictions and all that are there at the moment, will we see you get a chance to, to make a visit home? I, I want to get home for Christmas. I haven't seen my parents since January. Now, they're probably delighted about that and they're saying good riddance to you. But I, I talk to them every day on the phone. And now that I have this new place in Rome, there's a, um, a spare bedroom they can come and stay in. But it's, you know, when is it safe to travel? It's so complicated now to travel, even for us going to the States. In Italy, we had to have this stamped and that stamped and this document from the embassy we had to have almost a thesis going into the airport to get on the plane but i hope i get home for christmas and uh, i stay healthy my family everyone stays healthy but i'm just like everyone else you know we have some extra freedom being journalists and that we can cover to travel to cover things but like everyone else then i'm locked down as much as everyone else and um Wait and see, but I miss my parents back in Clare, of course. My mom haven't seen them since January. And uh, it's tough because like so many uh, Irish in New York, when the virus was hitting really badly and we didn't know what we knew now and all these stories were coming out, it could, you know, it, could, there's a, it hits young people just as badly. If you don't have health insurance in America and it hits you, your bill will be 30,000. So you face, do you want to go bankrupt or do you want to just take the virus and wait it out at home and see if you can pass through your body. So a lot of Irish people went home, but they went home knowing they wouldn't get back in because Trump imposed the travel ban from Europe. So it was such a difficult time for a lot of Irish. And many of them went home and still to this day, they haven't been able to get back in. And lots of my friends who had apartments in Manhattan went home in April because they could get health insurance or like health cover back in Ireland. They couldn't get in New York. If they're working in bars and stuff, they don't have health insurance. And their leases came up for renewal later in the year. They haven't been able to get back. All their belongings, all their possessions are in limbo in apartments in New York. Friends are going, trying to take it out and put it into storage. And they don't know now when they're going to get back in. And when Biden goes into the White House, um, it's not going to be his priority mm. to sort out the visa situations for the Irish <laughs> no, coming back in. So yeah. I just don't know what is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Colin, it's great but to I talk to make, you. I don't want to make it sound doom and gloom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Con, you know, while acknowledging the reality that everyone's in, the good thing about it was I got to cover some amazing stories in New York about, mm. the, you know, the humanity coming through. Yes. Uh, one landlord, one Italian-American landlord who waived the rent for all his tenants, a priest who put on a, a special show for his autistic uh, parishioners who came. Just <laughs> loads of great stories of how the best mm. in people comes out of the worst in times. Colm, listen, it's good to talk to you. Good to catch up. Uh, I'm glad to see you safe and well. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, meet up for a cup of coffee in Ennis again someday soon. You too. And what will I tell the Pope, Colm, when he's asking for you again and he wants to talk to you? Tell him how's it going. <laughs> tell him how's it going. Now, all those sins are forgiven. Okay. okay. I'll tell you too. Thanks very much. Colm Flynn, our guest uh, on the Lock In podcast today. It's a little bit of everything, uh, a little uh, slice of life and a, a chance to chat to lots of different people uh, who've got a different perspective on things. And uh, certainly Colm has a, a nice international perspective for us. That's it. You can find out more at the thelockin.ie. You can watch or listen to any previous episode and you can subscribe so you can get future episodes and we'll try and keep them going out to you on Wednesdays in the future as well. Shinnwild and Trosa, Slongafoil.